0: Mel.
2: There is a shafir heavy on a anello, Mikora, I am a Mikora, I am a sickle anello, Mikora, I am a sickle anello, Mikora, I am a
3: sickle a sickle anello, a I am a anello, I am
0: around you can say the fall we wish say our heart do more of my heart so The so we need a lot of our more of the we need a of my year i
4: Tell me started Tell me
0: started Tell me started Tell me started Tell me started I'll be sharp I'll never Sekhona nelo mikora They
4: my we're gonna run more, the the riches we us a chance this for my do more show for for us to and i do
0: has to We me, calo mehero isho ma biore eudo mehero isho ma quel hoson col calo ko so soi
2: ve ko il sim kho
0: per hoson ve ma biore eudo mehero isho ma quel hoson col calo ko mi sabes la So (laughs)
5: See <laughs> me To you.
3: Me lamé, and so gaan we weer rooi, and so gaan weer rooi, toi rooi, ke ilo julle dooi. Calla me lamé, me lamé, and gaan we weer rooi, and so gaan weer rooi, toi rooi, ke ilo julle ve ve kilo y los
0: say you. ah
6: I I'll fade to heaven
3: Yeah.
7: Hashem, may Hashem, oh. meyehi Yeah. Yeah
1: J.M. in the AM with our friends from Waterbury with Acha Shoalti here at J.M. in the AM. Before that, Baruch Levine and Eitan Katz together. That's Acho Seinu. Kalamalamid from Shmuel Younger. David Gabay's Hatov. V'erfa'inu done by Uri Davidi, Micha Gamerman, and Tuzamankol. Kel there. That was the Chevron. Of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday, 18th of May, day number 27 in the month of ER. The year is 5783. Tufshin Pei Gimel. Today is the 42nd day in the counting of the Omer. We've hit the six week mark, which means Pesach ended five weeks ago tonight. Wow. Pesach ended five weeks ago tonight. And what a five weeks it's been! <laughs> A little bit crazy on some fronts. Uh, day 42, if you forgot to count last night, make sure you do so sometime today. Again, we're at the six-week mark of Sfirah Omer. with uh, Shavuos coming up one week from tonight. Mazal tov to those who've completed Maseches Sota and Daf Yomi. Gitten begins today. Hatzla the best of luck to those who are starting Maseches Gitten today. And the Daf Yomi one-page-per-day Talmud study. Tomorrow in addition to being Erev Shabbos is Yomi Rushalayim. and tomorrow we will be celebrating you know we'll have appropriate music you know we'll include Mayor Weingarten's presentation on the sounds of 1967 we'll also have our regular Friday features so tomorrow a jam packed day make sure to tune in, tell your friends relatives, everybody you know uh, that they'll be inspired, unless they're in Jerusalem tomorrow, they will be inspired uh, by tuning into our broadcast starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning right here at JM in the A.M. Yom Yerushalayim, we're one day away and very much looking forward to it. More coming up. It is a Thursday morning edition of JM in the A.M.
2: the most daring moving story ever to have been told, one of agony and glory, of a mission to uphold, Mm, and you're essential to this story, a letter in its sacred scroll, and it's not just allegory, when you embrace your place and role. Let us shine unto the nations Be proud to be a Jew Cause we've been hunted down in senseless hate And we're searching back with love and care And it's never, ever too late For any Jew, anywhere a holy letter, every family word, a community, a sentence, each voice it must be heard, and to the letters that rose up in smoke, we must do more than say never again, and be the eternal letters of hope, for our children and for them, and you know, you never find yourself in a situation that you cannot undo, so let your letter shine onto the nations. Be proud to be a Jew, cause we've been hunted down in senseless hate, and we're searching back with love and care. I know it's never, never, never too late for any Jew. Any Jew anywhere He said
0: to himself If the Nazis search out Every Jew in hate We will search out Every Jew In love
2: There's a home We must build together To heal a fractured world The dignity of difference we must treasure In our deeds and in our words Live with faith in our future Be the leader you were born to be And the day will come much sooner When we'll all live in harmony Ever find yourself in a situation that you cannot undo. So let your letter shine onto the nations. Be proud to be a
0: Jew. Be be a Jew. Cause we've been hunted down in senseless hate,
2: and we're searching back with love and care. Any Jew, anywhere It's never too late
0: Pishuva she, eshiva stioy. Pishuva she, eshiva stioy. Oyinu ki khol me. O
2: I'm <laughs> Hashem
0: Gan the show. Poison, ah, shall
3: Can't he do
0: ye
1: A.M. and the A.M. Birchas Abai is done by Yaakov Shwecki. And before that, Tfilas Hashla. And if you were listening carefully to our conversation yesterday with Rabbi Yisrael Besser, Tfilas Hashla can be said anytime, but certainly today is one of the days as we approach Rosh Chodesh Sivan uh, to say it. In fact, Rabbi Besser sent me a piece that I have to read later to you on the air about that very topic. He sent it to me uh, late yesterday. Uh, Galeit in the background, Galeit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast follows
8: next. We say Boker Tov from JMNN. Galeit Sal Hashash time, Baul panehud Graf in Mashakoraya Hshav. רבבות בני אדם צפויים להשתתף בצעדת הדגלים אחר הצהריים לציון יום ירושלים. יותר משלושת אלפים ומתיים שוטרים פרוסים ברחבי הבירה לקראת המצעד. במשטרת מחוז ירושלים הודיעו כי הם נערכים גם לירי רקטות, אם כי, על פי ההערכות, הסיכוי לכך נמוך. גם מצב ויסמא עלי ראש ענף מנצאים במחוז ירושלים סיפר להנדורי תקניתי על ההרחות למצעד ביחס לנועים הזה כי יום שמורתי לקודברניה يرجع شخصين وتشلبا خنود ياميت يخسر لييراي تول كل مسؤول تاعنا. أنا خلنا كبارنا نكودو نحن كلهم مناهل كاهل. كده شوف متقدمو يقبلوا التمخصص. وفتح كاخ بيقود الريات مسبار بنا روش التورا موسى غفني بنيامين لمنو ما خاربه ذا خلل מרכז השלטון המקומי הודיע כי יעתור לבגץ נגד חוק ההרנונה ויפסיק את השביטה ברשויות. מדווח כתבנו לענייני פנים אדם פראז'
3: השביטה שהתחילה ביום שני תופסה כיום והשירותים העירוניים כמו פינוי ההשפעה ווועדות הטכנון והבנייה ישובו לפעול כרגיל. בהודעה שהוציא, מרכז השלטון המקומי נכתב כי המשך המחאה יהיה בפגיעה בממשלה ולא באזרחים. כמובן דרך הליכים משפטיים כמו עתרה לבגץ. מרכז השלטון המקומי נונה.
8: sarobi תחון וערמתקל מגנים את המודאות שנטלו נגד מפקד פיקוד המרכז האלוף יהודה פוקס ומחנים אותן קמפיין משמיץ עם הפרטים כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש.
1: במודעות שנטלו בכבי
3: 60 נגד אלוף פיקוד המרכז יהודה פוקס נכתב כי הוא מתנקה להתיישבות וביצע שישה פינויים בתוך שבוע. שר הביטחון יואב גלנט כתב אני מגנה בשעת נפש את הקמפיין הבזוי נגד פוקס שהוביל עשרות פעולות לסיכול הטרור. גם הרמטכה לרציה גינה את הקמפיין וקרא לו משמיץ ולא ראוי.
8: תושב להקיע בן 26, מואשם כניסה לחטוף תושבת קריית מלחי שהייתה בת זוגו בעבר. מדווח כתבנו בדרום רמי שני. אלי אלסנה הגיע אל ביתה של הצעירה בערב שבת בשעת לילה מאוחרת. הוא ביקש ממנה לצאת עמו לבילוי, אחי סרבה. הוא החל להקות אותה באכזריות, אחר כך גרר אותה תוך ניסיון להכניס אותה למכוניתו, ונמלט משם כשהיראה שאנשים הבחינו במעשיו. הוא חטף טלפון מאחד האנשים שהיו במקום, ונמלט תוך שהוא פוגע במכוניות ודורס מחסום משטרתי. הוא נעצר לאחר מרדף. היום הוא גש נגדו כתב אישום לבית המשפט המחוזי בבאר שבע, ובצידו בקשת הפקליטות בדרום לעצור עד לתום ההל مذاکره ایرل مخارو تخلیه یاریداکل اضافهت با تemperatureات و هنتی یه نموخات مهرعیل ل آن. اهل خدشت شوره یواف
9: the cities. Hands across the seas. Heartbeats together.
0: It's the sound of unity. We're linked in a chain. It changed the world. When you feel the strength, you spread the word. We're linked in a chain. It changed the world. When we get together, our voices heard. Smoke and lightning, we're on a mission. Young and old, but we're uniting. We're linked in a chain and change the world. When you feel the strength, you spread the word. We're linked in a chain and change the world. Unite the nation I can't listen I can Unite the nation the See me color you've already am we see me color you've already we see me I worry
7: call
0: 是 i Moy, who levado eru, who levado eru, oh so e se, oh so e se vea se,
1: in the A.M. Yomi Loi with Livado Eitan Freilich before that, and Hamala, Hakel done by eighth day, Mordechai Shapiro in there with Chizku, and Levavi done by Leviathan to open up the hour here at J.M. in the A.M. It's a Thursday. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us. Tomorrow's is Yom Yushalayim, Jerusalem reuni- Reunification Day. Join us for the big celebration between 6 and 9 a.m. Right here at J.M. in the A.M. Tfilah Sashla, I told you that I would read to you the note that Ibesser sent to me yesterday after our interview, because we were discussing whether Tfilah Sashla this year should be said on Shabbos, which is Erev Rosh Chodesh Sivan, but a lot of people will not say a Tfilah like Tfilah Sashla, one of request of God on Shabbos, unless one actually says it every day. Um, so that was the first thing. Then some people said, say it Erev Shabbos, close to Shabbos. Again, candle lighting time is a time that many express uh, desire for for uh, children and a uh, family life. Um, so that would be appropriate. And then some said, say it today. Yom Kippur Kutan. Today is Yom Kippur katan in advance because Erev Shkodesh is Shabbos. So some people said, say it today. I joked, in fact, with Rai Besser that it's a it's right? Three possible days. <laughs> Three possible days to say it this year because of the way the calendar fell out. So he sent me later in the day, at about 2 o'clock yesterday, um, he wrote the following. A few years back, the Belzerov was asked when the optimal time to recite Tefillah Seshlaw in a year in which Rosh Chodesh is on Sunday. Erev Rosh Chodesh on Shabbos. The Rebbe replied, for good, successful children, one must ask every single day, at every hour and every moment. This year, the Tefillah can be recited on Thursday or Friday and on Shabbos and on Sunday as well. I think the uh, opinion of the bells are is, is certainly uh, obvious. He would say, say it as often as possible. Pretty interesting, huh? No doubt. Don't forget to go to artsgirl.com where they have a free download of Tefillah Sashla. And on top of that, of course, the brand new book by Rabbi Besser called Tefillah Sashlo, which you can get right now uh, with a major discount and free shipping. If you use promo code radio, go to artsgirl.com. Make sure to use Promo code radio. I wanted to note this past Tuesday, Rabbi Max Schreier passed away, the legendary rabbi of the Avenue N Jewish Center in Brooklyn for over 50 years and past president of the RCA and of REITs, uh, and such a wonderful, wonderful man, and the patriarch of such an incredible family. Those of you who know members of the Schreier family, I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. Rabbi Max Schreier was 95 years old, one of the uh, distinguished servants of, of the American Jewish community, no other way to say it. Past president of the Vaterabend of Flatbush, member of the OU Board of Governors, um, and to his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, our condolences and what an incredible legacy he leaves. Uh, we are friendly with so many members of the great extended Shrier family. Uh, the funeral took place Tuesday, and the Kavura, the burial, was in Israel, and Shiva is being observed in uh, Woodmere, New York. Anybody who needs information, obviously, you could email me. Uh, but again, we mourn the loss of our Max Schreier, one of the great rabbinic leaders on the American Jewish scene for a long, long time, all to the benefit of um, of the American Jewish community, and obviously specifically those in uh, Brooklyn, New York. J.M. Um, and the AM on this... What is today? <laughs> this Thursday morning broadcast. Again, a reminder, we've got the... Um, We've got the uh, Yom Yerushal, oh boy, Yom Yerushalayim special. Did we just lose? No, I don't think so. Our Yom Yerushalayim special is coming up tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Um, so make sure to be tuned in for that. Also, want to wish a, um, a a very special happy birthday to Norma Ashen. Orvitz happy birthday Norma Ashen Orvitz not only are we wishing her a happy birthday we're wishing her a very special happy milestone birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM so happy birthday again from all of us here at JM in the AM and again not to uh, overlook the fact that it's a major milestone birthday happy birthday from the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM with uh, plenty going on here. Floor Hassan Nahum is going to join us. The deputy mayor of Jerusalem just experienced a pretty unique trip to Morocco, which we're going to be talking about in the 7 o'clock hour. And um, that will be happening uh, in the next few minutes here at JM in the AM. Reminder, tomorrow is Yom Yerushalayim. Join us for our Jerusalem Day celebration right here at JM. In the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebinavil Savalevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basavil Savalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk.
10: Good morning. Our Chachomim say that Olam Hazeh, this world, is the Alma de Chakra. It is the world of falsehood. And Olam Abo, the next world, is the Olam Ha'emes, the world of truth. We can understand how important it is always to say the truth. We are told in Ksubas that when Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was lying on his deathbed, the Malach HaMavis, the angel, came to take him. And that Malach had been instructed by the heavenly court, do for that tzaddik whatever he wishes, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said to the Malach, he said to the angel, take me to the Garden of Eden, take me to Gan Eden, and show me my place there. The Malach had no choice. He said, fine. The Malach then lifted Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi up above the wall, and he showed him his place in Gan Eden. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi jumped from the wall and fell to the other side. However, The Malach held on to the corner of his cloak because it was not his time yet to go. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, I take an oath, I make a shvua, that I will not come back. There was a dilemma. The Malach wanted to bring Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi back. However, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi had already invoked an oath. He made a shvua. Hashem then resolved the dilemma. Hashem said if Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi had ever taken an oath and that oath was annulled in his lifetime, he has to return to earth. If not, he's allowed to stay right where he's at. He would be permitted to remain in Ganadin. It was found that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi had always kept his word. He always fulfilled his promises. At that moment, Eliyahu HaNovi announced, Clear a place for the son of Levi. Clear a place for the son of Levi. This is how the Kojnitz of Magid explains, Whoever has never desecrated his word and has never looked to be released from his promise, then according to all that comes from his mouth shall he do. From heaven they will do everything that the person requests. We see from this moving incident concerning the great Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi how important it is to keep one's word. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizek. Have a nice day.
1: Jam in the AM with Ari Goldwagon, Yosef Kugler. The brand new one is called Kivodo here at Jam in the AM. This coming Sunday morning, this coming Sunday morning, Rosh Chodesh Sivan, right after the 9 o'clock minion at the Angusville of Hillcrest in Queens, New York. Uh, there'll be a nice breakfast, and Rav Amnon Bazak is going to be speaking. He's a Shir Bet Ram at Yeshiva Haretzion and lecturer in the Bible and oral law departments of Herzai College and the Women's Beit Midrash at Migdal Oz. Um, and he will be speaking. He has authored several books on, on Bible study, and he is going to be speaking um, at the Young Israel of Hillcrest after the 9 o'clock. Minyan. The topic is, how many commandments are in the Ten Commandments. I like that a lot. How many commandments are in the Ten Commandments? The uh, event sponsors and the Sheer sponsors are our good friends Toby and Dr. Mark Singer. They are sponsoring the event. Again, how many commandments are in the Ten Commandments with Rav Amnon Bazak? This coming Sunday morning, Rosh Chodesh following the 9 o'clock minyan at the Angusul of Hillcrest out in Queens. There will be breakfast and the Sheer presentation. So keep that in mind. Uh, especially those of you who are in Queens, for this coming Sunday. Um, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at AH. Those of you out there who would love to enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio, go to kosherdogs.net. Again, go to kosherdogs.net, and you will um, be able to take advantage of the... Uh, Discount offer from our friends at A&H, and they've got some incredibly delicious menu items, let me tell you. Incredibly delicious menu items. Uh, go to kosherdogs.net, enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio, and try and enjoy a h today. By the way, Congregation a uh and um, the Israel Rosenberg Educational Institute present Rabbi Amnon Bazak, um, and that's going to be happening as a scholar in residence program this Shabbos, uh, Parshas by Midbar, at the, um, at the Congregation Eitz Chaim on 73rd Avenue in Kew Gardens Hills. This is sponsored by our good friend, Dr. Mark Singer, and our good friend, Mr. Ezra Dykeman. Uh The Hebrew Shear at 8 a.m. on Midrash, derivation or mnemonic, afternoon Shear before Mincha, an eye for an eye, pshat and Drash. Uh, the morning shear after Mosul, how many commandments are in the Ten Commandments? And the evening shear after the 7.40 p.m., where did Moshe's sons disappear to? All with Rav Amnon Bazak. That's happening in Congregation Eight Chaim. So Eitz Chaim has him for the entire Shabbos, and Young Israel of Hillcrest, Sunday morning. And again, to Toby and Dr. Mark Singer, and to the Singer and Dykman families, a big Yashikach from all of us here at JM&AM. If you're in the Queens area, Eitz Chaim on Shabbos, Young Israel of Hillcrest, Sunday, Rosh Chodesh, certainly... Take advantage of some amazing and incredible Shurim. You'll be glad you did. That I could tell you. Um, got a note from listener Sina, who reminds us it's a very busy season. She says, happy birthday to my mini, Mimi Munchkin Ayala Schreiber of Bayswater. Turning seven years old today, Ayala, you are my super delicious girl who loves pink donuts. Can't wait to see you again and get you that special treat. Love you tons. I hope you have a fabulous day with much love from Bubby Florida, a.k.a. Bubs, And, of course, we know her as um, listener Cena from the Sunshine State. And according to the latest reports we have, she actually is in the Sunshine State right now. Apparently, um, apparently she's staying put a bit. <laughs> that's the rumor that she's actually uh that she's actually focused on being down there in the um In the Florida area. Hey, our friends at Borough Park Eichler's have a very, very important event going on this coming Monday, beginning at 1 p.m. Now, Borough Park Eichler's is located on 13th Avenue and 50th Street in Brooklyn, New York. And as the camp season is approaching, Eichler's and Borough Park is honored to host an event focused on abuse prevention. Abuse prevention of two authors, Rabbi Avrami Zippel. Uh, rabbi, survivor, and author, uh, author of the book, Not What I Expected, and Dr. Shlomi Zimmerman, author, psychologist, and speaker, come and speak to the foremost experts and best-selling authors on keeping your children safe. This coming Monday, May the 22nd, beginning at 1 p.m. at Borough Park Eichler's 13th Avenue, 50th Street, Brooklyn, New York. Information about all of this, shopeichlers.com. Again, shopeichlers.com, there'll be a book signing with both, Rabbi zip and Dr. Shlomi Zimmerman uh, and of course you'll have an opportunity to uh, speak with both com for details the event is this coming Monday starting at 1 p.m. 13th Avenue and 50th Street in Brooklyn New York all right lots going on that's for sure plenty going on in fact um Yomir Shalayim tomorrow yeah Keep that in mind. Yom Yushalayim tomorrow between 6 and 9 a.m. right here at JM and the AM.
0: I'm not in for so me
3: Have a lechem, lechem. I wish you, Bezat Hashem, the best life in the world, the good year, and all the blessings, Bezat Hashem, good health.
5: You know, good tovah.
3: You understand, Ibu? Ah? Shall we Bezat Hashem, a simcha balev? A lot of happiness in your heart for all the, year, for all, from, from all your children. And uh, from the wife, only peace in the house, Bezat Hashem. Say Amen. Amen! All right, now we're talking. And Bezat Hashem, all the people that not married yet, Bezat Hashem, we wish them that get married soon. Say Amen! Amen. Amen. <laughs>
1: should have sung.
10: I <laughs> 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 that song a Jewish, issue. This is a. Uh, this is a song uh, we. Uh, this is a demonstration of, of using your time well when you're stuck in an airport. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> After missing a plane, we we, uh, we worked on this song a long time ago. Yes, it's from the Peruvian Hasidim. Yes, you know them. Know them, know them, know them. This is a very old melody.
3: They have they have, have, have lamas dramas.
10: Lamelo. Lamelo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One,
6: two, three, four.
1: Spot with their amazing and incredible renditions. A lot of very uh, interesting original material. Michael Nadada before that with Odu Shama here at JM in the AM. Well, recently, our good friend Fleur Hassan Nahum, who is the uh, deputy mayor of Jerusalem, took a um, a journey to Morocco on a really interesting mission, and she's going to discuss that with us right now here at JM in the AM, but now before we get her comments about Erev Yom Yerushalayim in the holy city of Jerusalem. Flora, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. It's always
11: wonderful speaking to you, Nachum.
1: How are we doing? Baruch Hashem, doing great. Uh, thank you for being at the big celebration at the uh, at the wedding a few weeks ago. It was wonderful to celebrate with you.
11: Speaking. Oh, of- it was wonderful.
1: Appreciate that very much. Speaking of celebrations, we know that today and tomorrow, in many ways, uh, is a two-day celebration, if you will, of Yom Yerushalayim. Tell us what's happening in the Holy City today and tomorrow.
11: Well, we've been celebrating all week, that's the truth. Uh, we've been doing all sorts of celebrations, but it's uh, the big day that today and tomorrow, of course, the actual date of Yom Yerushalayim is tomorrow, but because of it's Friday, we're doing uh, most of the events today. So we have the traditional Jerusalem Flags March attended by thousands and thousands of people, young and old, and a demonstration of the love that people have for the city of Jerusalem, for our eternal capital. We have concerts tonight uh, all over town. Um, there'll be big parties at the Shuk. So it's the, the feeling is one of buzzing celebration
1: right now it's pretty amazing and we always hear about the way that um uh that Yom Yerushalayim is received by those outside of the Jewish community uh different threats that um that people like to put forward uh, alterations that they're demanding that the government make to today and tomorrow but it seems that whatever has been planned is going forward can we say that with confidence
11: in israel we always move forward we're not going to let terrorists dictate our celebrations we're not going to let terrorists dictate the route the traditional route that we've been marching for from the year after we reunified the city we've been marching in love they want to turn it into something else uh, and we know what we're marching about jerusalem is not just our capital city our eternal city the capital of all the jews around the world It is also the reason why we are a people. When King David established the city 3,000 years ago, when there was nothing here, he did so in order to unite the different tribes of the Jewish people. So Jerusalem is also the reason why we are one people. And this is what we're celebrating today.
1: J.M. and the A.M. on this Yom Yerushalayim. That's right, we're already calling it Yom Yerushalayim. Today and tomorrow, we celebrate tomorrow, actually, the 28th of E.R. The Honorable Flora Hassan Nahum, Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem, is with us live from the Holy City of Jerusalem. You've spent part of this week in Morocco. We have featured you and your efforts when it comes to the UAE, and in general, when it comes to the business community, and especially the female business community of the Middle East, the role that you've been having. Tell us about your journey journey to morocco this week
11: well it was really very moving we took uh we've been um i co-founded with my uh, co-founder rachel Rosenzweig a program a number of years ago in jerusalem called fem forward which basically takes the problem of the lack of female tech senior managers and creates a program that gives them the skill sets and the confidence to move forward so that we can create a cadre of female tech leaders. And it's been going very successfully in Jerusalem. We've had incredible results from this program. And thanks to the American government, we got a grant to bring it to the Middle East and North Africa. And so I took 12 Israeli women together with 11 Moroccan women. We had a wonderfully moving three-day conference where we didn't just learn the skills of moving up in the career ladder in tech, but we also learned how to create a community uh, in the Middle East of female leaders that are taking us hopefully to a warm peace
1: Is all of this a result of the Abraham Accords? I mean, I I would assume your efforts in the UAE could only be possible because of the official relationship that uh, countries in the UAE now have, uh, or segments of the UAE now have with Israel. Can I assume the same with Morocco, that without the formal relationship and the way that the world now perceives Israel's relationship with Morocco, this would not have taken place?
11: Absolutely not. We, we, the, the, you know, the Morocco is also the normalisation with Morocco is also a result of the Abraham Accords. It was the last country to sign up to the Abraham Accords uh, in the last administration, with a lot of efforts from Jared Kushner who pushed it uh, the, till the very uh, last minute. And thankfully, this is the result of those efforts that we can now speak about the challenges of the region. In water security and food security as a region, and women leading the way.
1: Yeah, it has a tremendous ripple effect because, uh, you know, there's an agreement that's been reached, a treaty that's been signed, so to speak. And now in so many different areas of life, so many categories, so many departments, there are opportunities to forge relationships that are going to be so important going forward. I'm sure the people you met with, you feel you now have common ground with for months and years to come.
11: Absolutely. That's what we're doing here. We're building a new Middle East. We're building a new model for peace. Most people want to live um, a good life, prosper, bring forward their societies, especially these women. They want a new uh, era for their children of peace and security. And that's what we're doing with these programs. Business is a way towards that, as is culture, as is sports. Um,
1: and, and this is what we're here to do. And I, I guess that's one of the reasons that this is considered such a success, a journey like this, that you had this week, because uh, it's continuing. The relationship is continuing, the conversation is continuing, and Absolutely. frankly, and frankly, the education is continuing. Uh, all the different skills, Absolutely. the skills that people on both sides have are being able to be transmitted. You know, Fleur, I, don't, I I don't really, <laughs> I don't need you to get political, but, but it's an observation that I know uh, you won't mind making with me on the air. Don't you sometimes just want to go to the, uh, to the communities, maybe the female communities of some of these countries and groups that are such haters of Israel, that are such enemies of Israel, and say to them, look what you could be enjoying. Look what you could be, how, how you could pro- progress. Look how you could advance if you only put aside all of the, all of the uh, uh, hatred of the past and made a commitment to moving forward in a positive way with Israel.
11: You know, the best thing about doing programs that are good and that resonate and that people see are only for the benefit of everyone is that I don't have to go and convince them. They're coming to me. Yeah. I'm getting phone calls from Egyptian women saying to me, how come we never had this with Israel when we made peace with Israel? I've got Saudi women in my Gulf Israel Women's Forum who are part of the forum. We don't even have peace and uh, diplomatic ties with them yet. And so... You know, Nahum, I'm a big believer that you build it and they will come. You know, and that's what the Jewish people do. We build. They tell us not to do something, but we do it. And ultimately, that's what we need to do.
1: Uh, just sometimes it's so frustrating how long it takes for them to realize it. That's all. But at least as you indicated. Oh, tell
11: me about <laughs> it. Tell me about it. But when you build, people actually do want to join success stories. You know, the best example of that is that we've had a very cold peace of Jordan and Egypt for decades. And since the Abraham Accords, trade with Jordan and Egypt has doubled and tripled. We now have direct flights between Israel and Egypt. That only happened because they're suffering from what we call FOMO. And that's what happens when you do good things.
1: Yeah, no question about it. Look, the business aspect of this and, uh, you know, addressing the gender disparity in managerial positions, et cetera, is all wonderful. But I love pointing out how all of this helps so much with the bigger picture. So it's not just Kolakavod that you went and that this program is taking place, but Kolakavod because now you're part, I mean, you continue to be a part of a movement that's so positive for Israel and that region moving forward.
11: Thank you, Nachum. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll always meet in celebration.
1: Enjoy Yom Yerushalayim and best regards to the Holy City.
11: Happy Yom Yerushalayim.
1: Flora Sanahum is the deputy mayor of Jerusalem. And she had this amazing journey to Casablanca this week, which we just spoke about. And now she's back in the Holy City celebrating, which we all should be doing. So if you're in the diaspora... Make sure to be tuned in tomorrow morning. No better way to celebrate Yom Yerushalayim than with us right here at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the World Web and com on the AlchemSegal Network. And of course, the beloved NSN app. in the a.m. with um, Hillel Dove Braun, and Imesh Gacheich Yerushalayim. After all, it is Yom Yerushalayim, or at least uh, we're getting closer and closer to Yom Yerushalayim. Tomorrow we're going to be celebrating between 6 and 9 a.m. right here at JM in the a.m. Yassi Zablaki is with us live via telephone. Many of us know him, of course, from the Hudson Valley Resort, uh, from uh, all the cruises and, uh, and Pesach and Shavuos programs. Et cetera, et cetera, And we have a whole agenda, a whole list of stuff to discuss with Yossi Zablocki this morning. We'll actually start with Pesach and then move on to Shavuos, which is coming up next week. Yossi Zablocki, welcome back to JM in the AM.
12: Nachum, it's great to be back on. Thank you for having
1: me. I appreciate that. So, uh, five weeks ago, and I know this because we just hit the six-week mark of Spheris Omer. five weeks ago, Pesach ended. As you look back on what you provided for Pesach in the Catskill region, tell us uh, what you thought, because remember, you made some bold um, offerings to this audience and to the entire Jewish world before Pesach, saying it would be an immersive and very different Pesach holiday.
12: Oh, it definitely was a very different uh, Pesach holiday. It was it was a crazy, crazy experience for anybody who was there. Um, we I, I couldn't tell you all the secrets when I was on the air a few months ago, but we transformed the entire hotel from beginning to end to um, to basically to ancient Egypt, um, including bringing in a replica of a pharaoh's throne, bringing in. A, a replica of a uh, sarcophagus. Um, uh, <laughs> the walls were covered with uh, ancient Egypt hieroglyphics. When guests walked in, they literally thought that they were in some version of ancient Egypt. They were given passports for their Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. Um, they were mock version of Israeli passports. <laughs> and uh, And they were greeted by the front desk staff that were in ancient Egypt uniforms, and they were... Basically told, we hope you enjoyed your stay for the past 400 years. We are sorry to see you go. We understand that you're going to be leaving tonight. Um, they were given their passport to be able to leave ancient Egypt. Um, and they, they were told to be meeting at the, uh, the uh, shore later that night for their exodus.
1: And then, of course, the Seder, I would imagine, had to be a very different type of Seder if you already started Yontif with this type of atmosphere. <laughs> well,
12: it still was a traditional seder over there, but uh, we had people that were dressed up. Um, uh, um, Moshe Rabbeinu was there, and 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 his brother Aaron was there, um, <laughs> as well as uh, the, the the king of Egypt, um, Pharaoh was there, and uh, unfortunately for him, you know, all the Jews had to leave.
1: It, it didn't end, um, it didn't end well for him, huh? You know, yes, he's a Zablocki, all of and and all of this is great, and we've always loved your creativity, and we've been the beneficiaries of your creativity now for decades. Uh, but all of it is worth it only if the guests really appreciate it. Did you get the reaction that you were hoping for?
12: Um, absolutely. It, t- it took the guests a little bit of time to figure out what was going on. So, for instance, um, on, the, on, on the second night, they all went to sleep at, at uh, I don't know, they went to sleep at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I had my staff um, disperse around the entire hotel over 2,000 um, little frogs. Not real frogs, rubber frogs, plastic frogs. And when the guests woke up in the morning and they found that there were frogs on their bed, frogs on their head, frogs here, frogs there, <laughs> frogs everywhere, literally in every hallway, every chair, in the lobby, in the shul, in the dining room, there were frogs everywhere. I think at that point it began to trigger for them that they were in a different type of off program as they were literally hit with a plague of frogs um, from beginning to end. And, and that's when they started realizing that I had a plan. Throughout all of Pesach, it started with going into ancient Egypt. From there, they were hit with the plagues, and the kiddush that day was going through all all of the all of the ten plagues, which was not so easy to do. I had to, I had to, uh, you know, but we had we had we had all the plagues, you know, don and everything. Um, we had a, a lice removal kit um, for anybody who was possibly going to be uh, affected lice, by the lice, a I,
1: lice removal kit, okay.
12: a lice removal kit, and, and and we did a little infomercial from one of my uh, staff members who was dressed up as an ancient, uh, as an Egyptian, and she was trying to tell all the Egyptians not to worry about the plagues, because they they have it under control. We have the lice removal kit. <laughs> we have uh, we have things that will remove your devir. Um, don't worry about the shin. We have a cream here that's going to get rid of your shrin. Um But, you know, of course, as you know, the story, uh, it doesn't work. And, in fact, Egypt, uh, um, you know, was plagued by the uh, various plagues and and. and, and, and the Pnei finally got out. Huh, look um, at that. From there, we, yeah, from there, we crossed the Red Sea, and I think uh, the guests started realizing that every day there was going to be something new. We had the crossing of the Red Sea. Um, that was, you know, regular decor in the kiddish room, except for the fact that I brought in live fish, and the guests really were experiencing some version of crossing of the Red Sea. Um, from there, we went to to uh, to the Sinai Desert for the next 40 years, or at the very least for the next three days of Holomoid. Um, and the guests got to experience the Sinai Desert, and and it finally uh, ended at the very very end on the last day. We took them to the land of Israel.
1: Unbelievable! So I really
12: took the guests. I really took the guests from beginning to the end, um, from from being in Egypt all the way through the experience, and finally to the land of Israel on the last day. I, I, so it, was, I, it was really a crazy experience.
1: I could see a lot of operators. I could see a lot of operators doing one or two of these things. You always come through with the entire package, which is really, really nice. And by the way, for those of you who know that the the continuation of this saga is uh, Matan Torah, the acceptance of the Torah at I guess what? The Hudson Valley Resort invites you for Shavuos. I can't guarantee that Yossi Zablocki is going to make it seem like Mount Sinai. That's something he'll address in a moment. But Destinations 613 or Destinations, I should say, presents the Hudson Valley Shavuos uh, 5783 uh, this coming Shavuos, starting next Thursday afternoon with People like, or by Shlomo Nisanov, or by Label Lamb, or by Yoshua Weber, or by Yechiel Lichtenstein, or by Ben Sion Schaefer. Chazonis extravaganza with both Chazan Nisim Sal and Chazan Yaakov Motsen in the ultimate family-friendly Shavuos program in the Catskills. There will be a Sephardic minion, by the way, for those of you who would like that option. You can call for information and book now for Shavuos, for your Shabbatonim, for your Simchas, for your summer stays in the Catskills, 845-794-6000, 845-794-6000. There's also a website, destinations613.com. Excuse me. Destinations six one three dot com, also destination six one three at yahoo dot com for the email address. Not to put pressure on you, but uh, are there going to be any uh, giving of the Torah accoutrements this time around at the Hudson Valley?
12: Um, we will, and and the guests that came for Pesach, I, I left that out for a second, but they did experience a little bit of Matan Torah nice. during uh, the days that they were in the desert, and so we're building on that on that theme. Um, I had actually brought in from Israel, you know, as you know, I, I do live in Israel for, for a good part of the year. Right. And I had brought in all kinds of pottery from Israel to be able to create the, the ancient effect. And, and uh, so we still have that here at the hotel. So we're going to, going to try to recreate that experience in the kiddushes, in the tea rooms for Shavuos, that the guests will really feel that they're in some version of, of, uh, of the Midbar and, uh, and, and Matantorah. So uh, I, I try to do a complete, you know, a complete
1: experience for the guests. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, you come through every single time. Uh, gourmet five-star catering with a beautiful tea room, fully stocked-baked midrash and great speakers in the all-night learning program for Shvua's, and of course, complete children's center with day camp, inflatable zone, playground, and more, and it's all happening. I, I assume it, it starts with uh, Thursday afternoon, obviously, right?
12: It's going to start Thursday afternoon with the welcome reception. It's going to go all the way, well, at the very least, till Sunday morning. Um, I believe I'm one of the only programs that are taking people through Sunday morning, but also you could stay till Monday morning. I, I'm for sure the only program that I know of that is going to be available on um, through Monday morning, which is uh, Memorial Day this year. So oh, right. some guests are going to stay over. Good point. Um, for a uh, for a longer, usually on Shavuot you have to leave the second shot you know, until right. it's over because you get have to work that next
4: right. day.
12: Right here you get to stay till Sunday, and if you want, you could stay even till Monday. So it's it's going to be amazing, and and the the, uh, the the davenings that we're going to have are going to be completely off the hook. I, I don't think I've seen the the ability to have any any place where you've had two great chazanim, like Yaakov Matsunim and Nissan Sal, you know, at, at the same location doing davenings for all of Chag. It's going to be. For those people who are into Khazanat, it's going to be amazing. For those people who are not into um, chazanut, this will be your opportunity to uh, possibly experience something different. Because Yaakov Motsen has been doing this for a long time, one of the most experienced and greatest chazans in the world. And Nisan Sal is the, is the youngest up-and-coming chazanut sensation, I think, on the planet at the moment.
1: I am proud to be on the list of uh, references uh, when it comes to Yossi Zablocki in the Hudson Valley, I'm highly recommending him. Um, a lot of people in this industry, as you know, do not come through with what they say they're going to come through. And Yossi Zablocki comes through every single time. Before we move on to the cruisers, we'll mention that for a moment Yassi, uh, do you mind? Uh, do you mind making a general statement with me about that whole topic? Um, uh, when one uh, is researching a Pesach program or a hotel for any occasion, they really should do their research and uh, do whatever they can. Obviously, you can't cover every single base, but do whatever they can to make sure they're dealing with someone who's reliable and trustworthy. Um, look, absolutely.
12: It's, you know, it's easy for me to say that, but obviously. Um, people who've been paying attention know that, that there's been some problems uh, recently where people were finally exposed having closed down their programs, having taken money from people. Um, you got to go to a program. Look, not everybody has to come to my program. Some people love it. Some people, you know, want to go someplace else. Some people want to try different things, but you got to go to a program that has experience. People try to come into this industry as if it's the easiest thing in the world and they think, okay, you know, we're going to run a program. And it's not so easy. It's very, very hard to put together. There's a lot of elements to it. Not everything is always perfect. And, and sometimes programs collapse because they, they, you know, they don't really know what they're doing or they haven't paid their bills. You need to really make sure you're going to a program that has experience, um, that knows what they're doing, that has been doing this for a while. I've been doing this for, for, uh, some 15 years now, and I wasn't able to start all at once. It had to develop, um, and you know now I'm a program that people know okay yes he's advertising your program he's, he's going to be
1: doing it yeah. there's no question it's a uh, um, it's a proven commodity it's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for it's a uh, you know it, it it's time tested everyone knows that if you're making an announcement you're going to come through with whatever you need to come through with
12: right and 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 it's just it's just happened on, on a number of occasions where where things collapse. Um, people have very, you know, big ideas, but it's, it's one thing to have an idea and it's another thing to actually be able to execute it. Um, my advice to everybody out there who wants to do these programs, they should, nobody should open up Pesach programs or Shibu's programs. It's very hard. Um, you know, you have to be a little bit crazy and I am admittedly, I am, um, not who you've met me, (laughs) (laughs) you have to be, you have to be a little crazy to, act, to 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 really to do these things and follow through with it and put all the energy that it takes because it takes tremendous tremendous amount of focus and a tremendous amount of energy. It takes a lot of creativity to be able to do this and it takes a lot of ability to to, to really keep your eye on the ball so that that you're not um, you're not messing up and you're not forgetting things and and that the guests are able to you know get what they're paying for. Um, and it, it's it's a lot of work. Um, I love it. So I do it. I have, I have a zest for it. I love being able to produce these events. I love being able to come up with new ideas. Um, You know, the stuff that I did at Pesach kept me going as hard as it was. The fact that I was doing, you know, you know, crazy creative ideas, um, you know, you know, was able to keep me going over Pesach. And it was, it was, it was enjoyable because I have that creative side to me. Um, But it's, it's a lot of work.
1: Um, And really... Yeah, I'm mean, I sorry for interrupting. But basically, you need a track record. You need a track record. and You need to go with people that have a track record. Uh, you know, you want to go. You want to go with a winner, so you don't end up being <clears throat> being a uh, you know a victim. Uh, God forbid. And and one other message which I think I've heard you say publicly, but. I don't want to, you know, burst anybody's bubble, but and obviously you would encourage people to do everything in their power uh, to try to seek justice in these types of cases. But what you would, I think you would say this, um, even with all those efforts, don't expect uh, any resolution. And if you do get some type of resolution, you're very lucky. Would you, would you put it that way?
12: But I did not understand what you're saying in terms in
1: of. What? In other words, people are trying to get money back, people who are, you know, using legal avenues to try to deal with the situation. You're not discouraging that, but based on your experience, just don't expect much and if you get something, you're lucky.
12: No, I, I don't see from the, from the from from the programs that cancel, especially the one that had recently canceled. I don't see any way that that people are going to be able to get their money back from a especially definitely not from a from a civil suit perspective. Right. Um, the, 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 the individual who, who um, had canceled the program before Pesach, so, so uh, he, he's in bankruptcy. Um, he, I have a judgment against him, and other people do as well, and, and he, he's not going to be able to pay anybody. It's not going to happen. The only thing that can happen is if people pursue um, criminal charges, and, and, and there are you, know, you know, explorations of that. Um, because there's this this is a, this is a big scheme that's been going on for a long time, and um, and a lot of people are owed money. Um, I mean, for years, a lot of people are owed money, and that's like documented. It's not just me saying, okay, yeah, I think somebody's owed money. We're talking about actual court um, judgments, and once there's a court judgment, that's already documented. You know, it's it, it's it's what's out there.
1: Understood. And
12: um, it's it, it's a mess.
1: Yes, he's a blocky with us live via telephone. Truist at the Hudson Valley begins on Thursday afternoon, as you heard, actually goes through Monday morning, if you wish, because Monday is Memorial Day, and I forgot that whole component, that the Shavuos this year is Memorial Day weekend. That's a tremendous uh, a, a boost for everybody out there who wants a good yontav and a good vacation. Info- excuse me, information about um, Shavuos or your bookings for the summer, including Shabbatonim and Simchas and summer stays. At the Hudson Valley, 845 794 845-794-6000. Or go to the web, Destinations613.com, Destinations613.com. And don't forget, Shvuas includes the Chazanud Extravaganza with both Chazan Yaakov Motsen and Chazan Nissim Sal, both highly recommended by Yassi Zablacki, who frankly comes from a cantorial family. So he knows uh, that category. Also, we should mention that uh, Yassi Zablocki years ago, before COVID, uh, went into the cruise industry. uh, And then COVID sort of, you know, you know what COVID did to the cruise industry. But now it's back. And starting in August, he is offering some cruises. Uh, Yassi, are you excited about this uh, part of the business? I'm
12: very excited to get back into the cruise business. Right before COVID, I was about to be the largest kosher cruise operator in the world in the sense that we had 10 kosher cruises planned, um, that, that summer, um, right before COVID. And obviously, as you know, uh, all, all of them got canceled. Right. <laughs> um, um <laughs> nobody lost money for the record. Nobody in the cruises there, nobody lost money. Um, and, and, uh, well, except for me, but nobody else, <laughs> nobody else lost money. And, um, you know, I, I was out of the cruise business for the next, uh, we stayed out for the next, I guess, three years. And, um, and finally, I decided, okay, this is the right summer to be able to go back into it, um, and I'm starting with uh, starting with three cruises this summer. Um, I didn't want to jump into something that was going to, you know, you know, be too difficult, you know, with the first time that people were going to start doing cruises again. So I think this is the, really the first opportunity for people to feel comfortable. Um, going on cruises
1: so that means Um, that so you're you're doing the western mediterranean on both august 7th and august 14th and you're doing the iceland cruise on the 13th of august
12: exactly um so we've got those three cruises planned two of them are the same itinerary august um iceland's a little different iceland is the um the hottest place i think on the planet right now right um i don't mean uh weather-wise right Uh, people are very into it it. it's a
1: big tourist attraction
12: And and it's really it's the the least expensive way. I could tell anybody out there the least expensive way to do Iceland right now is a on a cruise and b on my cruise. Um, The prices that we're doing for Iceland are you know as low as for an inside cabin as low as thirty five ninety for a two week Iceland trip. Um, You can't do that. It's it's just a crazy price. We've managed to keep our cruise prices down without sacrificing the quality. It's not frozen. Um, frozen meals like you might get on some cruise that you're booking on your own it's all freshly cooked it's it's three four meals a day three day, three regular meals plus a snack um all freshly cooked um you know it's, it's it's high-end food on the cruise and it's two weeks the iceland cruise is two weeks you know in iceland it's 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 the only way to do this inexpensively I is the uh,
1: is West- advertising twice as much is western mediterranean also two weeks
12: you know, Western Mediterranean is one week. That's why we're doing it August seventh from Barcelona, and then um, August fourteenth, the same trip. Um, so it goes to it, it starts in Barcelona, and then it it does it does uh, um, uh, the Spanish islands, it does um, Italy, and then it does France, and then it's back to Spain again.
1: When you uh, um, and then
12: it does the whole cruise again.
1: When you re-expand and get to the point where you were, uh, will there be three to five day tours, or basically everything you do is minimum one week?
12: I mean, most, most trips that I've been doing have been, have been a week or more. Even when I do the Caribbean, um, which we were doing before COVID, they were either a week-long trips to, the, uh, to you know, Puerto Rico or the, or, or, or the Caribbean islands, um, or we did possibly a 10-day trip that went to the Panama Canal. Most of the cruises are, are a week or longer. Um, I mean, there's there's some people who have done shorter trips, but it's it's not really so worthwhile. It's kind of these these are hard things to put together again. They're yeah, but, to together. It, but
1: once they're doing this, it. This is not a complaint. I just know so many people who really can't take off more than that from work. So that's why I'm asking. That's all.
12: Right. Um, yeah. Usually we do it for for a week. The for the, for the summer, the the Mediterranean one. It's it's yeah. You have to take off a week from work. Um, but you know, it's during the summer, so people can do it. It's uh, it's not so much of a difference. between doing a three day trip, you're going to have to do it during the middle of the week, anyhow, right. because you're not going to go on a cruise that's going to be just on Shabbos. You can't go off the ship on Shabbos. Right. So you're you're killing your you're killing your midweek anyhow one way or the other. So hopefully people could to manage the
1: one-week cruises. (laughs) No, I got it. I was just curious if other stuff was available, but 100%, the one week is amazing, and the two weeks, boy, with Iceland, I think you're right, no better way in a kosher fashion for sure, no better and and more inexpensive way to do Iceland for two whole weeks than at that price and with your cruise. I'm assuming the same website for people uh, looking for the cruises as uh, the Hudson Valley.
12: Uh, it has the Hudson Valley, it has uh, has has my well had information on Pesla program, it has my Shabuz program, and it'll lead you to the uh, it'll lead you to the cruises. If not, they could email me at the email address of, of destination six thirteen at yahoo dot com and I email people, you know, right back.
1: Yes, he's a blocky. Uh, he's doing it all. <laughs> the least. Destinations 613 at yahoo.com. Destinations613.com is the website. And remember, the one you have to deal with immediately is Shvuist, because next week, Thursday afternoon, it all begins, and you can't stay through Memorial Day. to uh, so take advantage of being in the Catskills and heading up with friends and family for a terrific Shvuist program with all the amenities, of course, and if, uh, and the, the full, you know, all-night Shavuos program. For those of you who love chazanas, he's put together a couple of great chazanam to lead davening, plus his Esfardic minion, which has been uh, uh, a great addition to what Yassi's doing because uh, it expands the capability of uh, reaching out and bringing in uh, more members of our community to be all together up in a beautiful Shavuos location. Check out the website and enjoy. Yossi, good luck with all of it. Happy Yom Yushalayim, happy Shavuos, and good luck with the cruises and great Great speaking to you this morning.
12: Thank you, Nachum, so much for having me. It's been really great pleasure talking
1: to you again. I appreciate that. It's always great reconnecting with you, and let's be in touch. I think the first time Yossi and I met was somewhere in the mid-2000s for Pesach at Kutcher's. I believe that that was the first time. And since then, we've had a, mo- a wonderful relationship. I didn't mention it during the conversation, but I will mention it to those looking for a great... Uh, Ufruf or Shabbos Shavarbrach spot. We used Dusty's hotel and his program, his amazing staff. He wasn't even there. Um, not a criticism. He was in Israel where he lives. Uh, but um, it was a flawless weekend for us, for the Simcha. So consider that as well as you wonder where you can do a, um, a weekend for your family at a reasonable price. More coming up. It is uh, Thursday here at JM in the AM.
13: Mayim Rabbim Lo yuchlu lechabos es hava Mayim Rabbim Lo yuchlu Oh, from the depths of my heart I know that your love is a constant flow I see and will always be.
1: A brand new one called Mayim Rabim here at JM in the AM. Day 42 in the counting of the Omer. You forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Mazal tov to those who have completed Maseches Sota and Daf Yomi. Hatzlachar to those who are beginning Maseches Gittin in the one-page-per-day Talmud study. Thursday morning broadcast tomorrow is Yom Yerushalayim, and we'll be celebrating, of course, between 6 and 9 a.m., and I hope you'll join us. Uh, if you're not in Jerusalem tomorrow, at the minimum, if you're in the diaspora, join us for the big celebration here at JM and the a.m. We'll uh, certainly create an atmosphere that will be one of great celebration of the uh, reunification of Jerusalem. All these years later, with tremendous gratitude to the one above, that we have the holy city. Well, uh, last week I was at the uh, NCSY um, Staff Shabbaton, the NCSY Summer Staff Shabbaton. Thank you, David Cutler. And uh, we were sitting at a table with, um, with a, a, a number of great people, including Alan Fagan, one of our favorite people. Um, and Alan and I, many of you, of course, remember Alan, the uh, one-time leader of the OU, and such an important friend of this radio broadcast. Can't even, I can't even go to detail right now about that. I'll speak forever about it. But anyway, um, so uh, Alan says to me, you'll never believe where I'm off to, you know, the week before Shavuos. And he tells me about, um, about an organization that I had heard about uh, and an effort that I had become somewhat familiar with. Uh, But he gave me the details, and I was just completely uh, floored. It's called Operation Benjamin. In fact, there's a website, OperationBenjamin.org. Operation Benjamin, devoted to preserving the memories of American Jewish servicemen and women who made the ultimate sacrifice while defending the cause of freedom during World War II. And uh, one of the co-founders and uh, executive director, chief executive officer, of Operation Benjamin is our good friend Shalom Lam, and Alan arranged for us to have him on the air this morning, and he will tell us about this incredible, incredible journey and uh, what the organization does. Uh, Shalom Lam, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM.
14: It's great to be here. I'm a huge knock-on CEO. J M in the am fans so this is a great treat
1: i appreciate that very much and we should also mention that shalom is speaking to us from jerusalem on Erev yom yushalayim which is even more significant for us in terms of this conversation um i mean the way it was explained to me and certainly i'm going to turn to you in a moment to give us the details about you know about how this all works uh the way it was explained to me uh you literally travel the world um, to key places where many American soldiers are buried. And if, uh, if a, a Jewish soldier was mistakenly, innocently, um, if their memory was commemora- commemorated with a cross, which of course, you know, for the majority of the soldiers was appropriate, um, and you find out that this is a Jewish soldier, you will replace that cross with a permanent star of David, uh, recognizing their uh, their heritage, their tradition, and obviously giving some comfort to their family and um, and their children and grandchildren. Uh, before you even tell us about whether the details I just mentioned are accurate, how did you stumble upon this project? It, it seems like you know. It, it seems like it takes an effort just to think of doing a chesed like this. <laughs>
14: huh. it, it's uh, it's a mountain of work. Let me tell you how this started, and you got the details mostly right. We'll we we'll add some subtle. Some subtle, very, very interesting uh, parts to it. Um, but it all started um, with my co-founder, dear friend, brilliant scholar, uh, simply great human being, uh, Rabbi J.J. Schachter. Um, Rabbi Schachter was leading a tour to medieval France for a very small group of historians uh, in 2014. And it was the 70th anniversary of the Normandy invasion, and they were there at about that time. They went to visit the Normandy American Cemetery. Most people, their view of the Normandy American Cemetery comes from Steven Spielberg's incredible movie, Saving Private Ryan. And it's worth, the opening scene is in that movie. It's very moving and very beautiful. And he just had a sense, didn't articulate it, that there should have been more stars than he saw. Um, And he just kept that to himself. Rabbi Shacker and I have been friends for many, many years we saw each other uh, at a very good friend's daughter's art about a month later. And he came to me. I, I have a degree in military history, American military history. And he came to me and said, you know what? I was there. It's hallowed ground. It's magnificent. It's holy. I just thought there would be more Jewish stars. You know, <laughs> lightning went off because I'd never even thought of the issue. Yeah. Um, I don't know why anybody would have thought of it. Uh, but he had that sense. And he, and he had a brilliant sense. So I went home, I literally went, there are 9,300 or so American soldiers who were killed in the war, who are buried at the Normandy American Cemetery. I had no idea how many Jews are buried there. Well, if you count all the photographs, it comes out to 149. As a historian, I knew there should have been somewhere around 240. Where did all the Jews go? And this started us on this incredible journey. One that began as just curiosity. Um, And then we slowly figured out that if you take all of the America's foreign cemeteries, all the cemeteries uh, that are American military cemeteries around the world, there are something like 500 American Jewish boys who were mistakenly buried under Latin crosses. And frankly, when you see a Benzion Bernstein, uh, a Howard Feldman, a Sam Cordova, Marvin Ashkenaz, you see these young men who gave everything for freedom, everything to fight evil whose, whose memories are are incorrect, are improperly remembered. It tears your soul. And we just could not rest until we decided to do something about it. How, how and ma- that led h- us on quite
1: a journey. How many American military cemeteries are on this planet?
14: There are 13 foreign American cemeteries, World War II cemeteries. Uh, there are 13 of them, and they are in places like Normandy, Epinal, France, Lorraine, France, um, uh, Luxembourg, the Ardennes in Belgium, Margotten in Netherlands. And then you have to go all the way around the world, which we've done three times now to the Manila American cemetery, which is the largest American cemetery outside the United States, the largest uh, American military cemetery outside the United States. And just to give you the scale of things, um, Manila, again, we've been there three times. We've done a lot of headstone replacements there. um, is there are about seven, a little over 17,000 soldiers buried there, which is just a gargantuan number. But then when you go to the Wall of the Missing, which is where soldiers' names are etched who were never found, there are 38,000 soldiers oh my from God. the Pacific Theater who were never found. So the, the sense of it is overwhelming. I want to make sure that I get this. Because this is very, very important. We can't just go there and change a headstone from a cross to a Star of David. That is done... Uh, in cooperation with hand in hand with with the most incredible uh, federal agency uh, they really truly are as dedicated a group of professionals that you'll ever meet and they're called the American Battle Monuments Commission they have their main headquarters is in Washington D.C. Their operational headquarters uh, is in Paris, France, and we've developed over time an extraordinary—I I dare say—a loving relationship I, with the American I, Battle I, could, I can only, I can only imagine what, embraced
1: it. I can only imagine what that initial meeting was like. I mean, not so good. <laughs> I, that, that's what I would. I would, I would assume so. I, I would assume so, especially a group that, uh, especially a group that takes seriously its, you know, <laughs> preservation of the memory of those who have fallen, and and takes their honor and their courage, you know, very seriously. You'd think, you know, for them to be called out that unfortunately these mistakes were made, you know, must have been a pretty sensitive topic, frankly. Um, also, you know, very I, sensitive, but I. (laughs) Also, I have to point out, I mean, you know, take Normandy, for instance, you know, I I would imagine with the with the chaos and the, you know, the the chaotic nature of the entire episode and, you know, a full blown world war, you know, at that point, you know, it's got to be, you know, a scramble for anybody, just to make sure, there's proper burial for any of the soldiers that were uh, uh, that were you know killed in battle, and and did not survive. Right. And, and, you know, I can only imagine. So, and again, this is not a criticism of anybody who misidentified them. I'm sure you agree with me that you know, we're not here to criticize anybody. But it, it's it's remarkable that they're even able to bury the dead in the organized fashion that they did.
14: So let me give you some some World War II data that. I, we all forget unless we're reminded about it. It's important to be reminded. You know, now we've come to the point in sort of war or news when one, two, three soldiers, God forbid, get killed in Iraq or, or in any of the conflicts, any of the conflicts around the world. It's headline news. There's a congressional investigation. Let's go harken back to World War II, 75, 80 years ago. And let's just imagine about 5,000 American soldiers were killed every single month. In an age before computers. Now let's go even further. People don't realize that during a world war, unlike a war now, during the world war, each of these soldiers in Europe was buried between three and five times. And then in the Pacific, they were buried between five and seven times. Buried on the battlefield. You know, the war graves people coming afterwards, sent to a collection station, then buried again in a temporary cemetery, and ultimately into one of the national cemeteries that were consecrated in the early 1950s. So the the ability to make mistakes were unbelievable. Let's take it even further and really complicate it. So many, 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 many Jewish soldiers in both theaters, Pacific and Europe, did not have an H for Hebrew on their dog tag. They either put P for Protestant or C for Catholic on the theory, correct, as it turns out, that if they were captured, they didn't want to be identified as Jews. Imagine you're a, yeah. a kid, you're a young man, you're 18, 19 years old, you're about to go into battle in St. Lo or in the Battle of the Bulge or any of those things, and you say, I don't want to be known as Jewish." So if you had an H, very often we you took your cobar knife and you banged that H out because you didn't want to be identified. Turns out historically that was a very, very serious concern. Um, Jewish GIs were separated from their American comrades. Many, many were sent to the Burga concentration camp, which was a sub-camp of Buchenwald, where, by the way, um, you know Rabbi Shachter's father, uh, Chaplain Herschel Schachter, was one of the liberators of Buchenwald. So really, really super sensitive. Um, and so the miracle really is not that there are only 500 uh, so that there are 500 soldiers buried incorrectly. The miracle isn't throwing 5,000. Right, uh, exactly. I did an I, I, amazing job right. to get this right.
1: And now that you describe the whole dog tag, uh, you know, uh, machination, <laughs> it, it, it's even more remarkable that uh, that that a Hebrew, a Jew, would be buried as a Jew. And you mentioned Rabbi Shachter and his father. One of the most well-known, certainly among the Orthodox Jewish community, probably the, the most well-known chaplain in World War II. Um, and the distinction he had, as you said, to be at the liberation of Buchenwald, I, I would have to imagine that the average chaplain, Jew or Gentile had a major role in this whole uh, you know, in this whole system of trying to bury the dead. Am I right about that? Oh, yeah,
14: a major role. Um, there, were, there were numerous people involved, Jewish and non-Jewish. And while we're talking about Orthodox chaplains, and yes, uh, Rabbi Schachter was, of course, one of the major, incredible, uh, Rabbi J.J. Shaka's father, right. uh, people uh, of the war. I do want to mention another chaplain, the only Orthodox chaplain killed in the war, a she University graduate, uh, First Lieutenant Louis Werfel, um, who was actually buried in Israel at Kibbutz Tiratzi. Um, and we, uh, Rabbi Shachar and I, recently, recently went to visit uh, that caver. It was not in the condition we wanted. And we worked with his family to uh, redo it uh, two weeks ago. We had a rededication there. Um, there were actually set of twins there were there at the original Kibbutz when they were nine years old. They're now, uh, uh, you know, in their late eighties. Wow! Uh, they, we have a photograph of them next to that camera. It was absolutely unbelievable. So Kalakavod. Kala, Kala,
1: Callakavod, repeat his name Kala, one more. Hagar. Repeat his name one more time because it didn't come through clearly. Yep. First Lieutenant Louis Werfel, W E R S E L.
14: Wow. Uh, a YU graduate, a very very beloved young man, a big kama yeah. Chacham. And he was killed in Algeria. He was known as the flying rabbi. He went to visit troops all over North Africa. And coming back from the Hanukkah event uh, with his troops, uh, his uh, small plane went down in uh, uh, the Lion Mountains of Algeria. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, And I'm, he was a very, very security swoop, ended up in Kibbutz Teraj.
1: You know, I'm sitting here wondering... If the average, you know, Jewish kid like myself growing up and, you know, casual observer and, you know, somewhat concerned about modern Jewish history. I'm wondering if we even knew that, that the that there were Jewish GIs captured and brought and killed in concentration camps. Is that something that's common? It's
14: it's not common knowledge. There are two outstanding books uh, that detail it. uh, in, in tremendous, tremendous detail. Some of you who are a little older, uh, nothing probably our age, if you remember Sonny Fox. Sure. Uh, was a uh, sure. Was a great kid. So Wonderama. One of the soldiers. No way. There you go. No way. Sonny, so Sonny Fox? Fox. was Fox was a U.S. soldier who was separated and sent to the Burger concentration camp. Holy. So, so it's, uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, it's really quite unbelievable. Um, and I will tell you that, you know, Alan Fagan is essentially a, a wonderful friend of our organization, yep. of your
1: organization. Yep. Uh,
14: we'll be joining uh, 60 other people who are going to Normandy uh, this Memorial Day. We'll be in in, uh, in France for Chabot. Rabbi Sachter will be giving uh, numerous lectures. And then we're going on Memorial Day to change three headstones, uh, one at the Normandy American Cemetery and then two hours away at the Brittany American Cemetery. We will join the American Battle Monuments Commission. In doing this unbelievable, unique,
1: extremely beautiful task, uh, and that's coming up. I mean, how? I mean, Memorial Day in Normandy must be must be chilling to begin with. <laughs> I mean, you know, this, it, this it's added be, component beyond belief. Yeah, this added component for you is just going to be, you know, remarkable. Frankly,
14: it it's remarkable, and it also goes to show the relationship we've created with American Battle Monuments Commission that they asked us to be there on Memorial Day. Yeah. Um, man. And they are extremely gracious to us. I want to say that, you know, our expectations in the beginning was, Oh my gosh, we're going to federal agency and say, Hey, you made mistakes. That is not going to be a good conversation. Course, right. The first conversation wasn't so great.
4: Right. But
14: after that, I have to do when they understood that our only motivation was to get the history right. When they saw the level of research we do, which is humongous, um, they really embraced it and, and really embraced it at the highest levels. Um, and uh, so much so, this is the 100th anniversary of the ABMC. They were founded um, in, two, in uh, 1923. Uh, the first uh, chairman of the ABMC was, um, was uh, the general of, I just forgot his name. I can't believe it, but I'll remember it. Uh, <laughs> in any event, 100 years old. They did a beautiful film. Uh, about the ABMC, and believe it or not, uh, six minutes of that film is about us. Unbelievable. And uh, that was pretty, pretty, pretty special.
1: Oper- pretty special. Operation Benjamin is a website, by the way, OperationBenjamin.org, devoted to preserving the memories of American Jewish servicemen and women who made the ultimate sacrifice while defending the cause of freedom during World War II. Shalom Lam is with us live via telephone. The first time this um, organization was mentioned to me in the context of actually participating in the in the trips was by our good friend Steve Adelsberg, who I believe was with you in the Philippines. Is the Philippines experience very different than Normandy? I mean, uh, you know, some people might, you know, uh, uh, sarcastically say, well, a cemetery is a cemetery, but is it, it might, it, there has to be a, you, uh, you know, the, 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 the inspiration and the emotion in Normandy, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but it's got to be different than when it's happening in the Philippines. How would you, how would you describe it?
14: So Steve and Renee Adelsberg were with us in Manila in February, and they're coming again uh, with us now oh, to wow. Normandy. So it's it, it's a unique experience that once it gets into your skin, you say, oh, my gosh, I have to be there again. I, I have to tell you, before I answer about Normandy versus Manila, Yeah, we have 60 people who are coming at great expense, not knowing any they're not family members, any of these soldiers. This level of Hakaras Hatov is so inspiring. It's so inspiring. I will tell you. We even have a person um, who is on our board, who has been to every single one of our headstone uh, replacement ceremonies, who's a Cohen? He can't even come close. He has to stand at a distance. And he's come to every one of them just because he has such a deep sense of our carousel to these soldiers, because what would the world have looked like had they not sacrificed their lives for us? So it's amazing. The difference between Normandy and Manila, believe it or not, uh, is less than you think. When you're standing there surrounded by youth, surrounded by people who never had a chance to live, and you know what they did. So in terms of you know what they did, we make it a point before every ceremony to take a day and tour battlefields, POW camps. Um, so in, in, for instance, on Manila, we went to Corregidor Island. That is an unbelievable battlefield. Uh, this time before we go to Normandy, we're going to omaha beach we're going to point to oh
1: my god all
14: the places where the actual uh, the actual sacrifices that, happened that
1: that so pl- that, that, pl- that plenty that plenty of jewish youth by the way ran to when the when, when they heard the opportunity yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when they heard the opportunity to go and defend 100%. freedom at the age of 18 19 20 some even not eligible to, too young to be eligible to go and they lied in order to make sure they were there I mean, the whole thing is just
14: very, It's a very important thing for us to know as Jews that our history is replete with sacrifice, replete with oppression. But given the chance to fight, given democracy, given Israel, we not only fight, we fight strongly, well, with vigor. There's a lot of heroes. This is the story of Jewish heroes, not Jewish victims.
1: I'll tell you, it's... Uh, not to get too political, but... Um you know, it, what, what, people wonder about the future of our country, meaning this country here, the United States, not the one you're in right now. <laughs> that that future to me, lo- <laughs> that future to me looks bright, no matter what. <laughs> but but on, on this era of Yom Yerushalayim, but people wonder about the future of the United States and you know the efforts that need to be made to sort of normalize things that have gone a little bit topsy turvy in this country. I'll tell you, when you think of the sacrifice that Jews and non-Jews alike made at a very young age uh, to preserve freedom, normalcy, the ability to live in in peace and luxury, um, I I would think if more and more people kept that in mind, uh, you know, on an average day, we would probably have a little bit better perspective when it came to certain things.
14: Again, without getting political, I think the fact that we've lost the common story that binds all Americans together is a source of real danger. And learning history, learning uh, the facts of history, seeing it up close, feeling it, these are very, very, very important things. And um, anybody who's been there, it's amazing. If you'd like to see what this looks like on our website, there's a section called Our Heroes. And if you click on any of those soldiers, we have a six to 12-minute, um highlights video of what that service looked like some of them are very very moving
1: so i'm watching a coen Having to keep his distance that's got be uh, that, that's got to send shivers through you when you think of that and when you see it with your own eyes and certainly when the cross comes out and the Star of David goes in again nothing against our Christian uh, you know uh, friends but you get my point uh, that also must you know uh, give you goosebumps. G- give me one other moment. give me something either during the tours or being on the cemetery where you just were completely taken by the moment.
14: So there, there are many of them. Um, I will tell you, I, This, I'll tell you a moment. Um, we had a, uh, I've got to think of which one, there's so many moments. I'll tell you <laughs> one, I could tell you a thousand, but let me tell you one. Um, we were in Manila uh, at the grave of one of our soldiers who was killed in action um, in, uh, on, in a battle called the Battle of Cebu City. Um, he was killed um, by a Japanese hand grenade. A young man, was married, had a daughter. Well, here's an amazing thing. The family is no longer Jewish. They're actually Irish Catholic. Uh, It's been a few generations. It's the American story, and it's an Irish Catholic family. And Rabbi Shakur and I, when we first approached them, we did it together, going, oh, my gosh, how is this ever going to work? And I will tell you to see them embrace with pride their Jewish ancestor. These people were amazing the pride that they took in their jewish ancestor and they were all in uh and when uh we were standing there and watching the uh latin cross which had stood magnificently and proudly over this grave for eight decades be replaced by a brand new star of david i will tell you i cried my eyes out um an incredibly moving moment Uh.
1: Unbelievable, unbelievable. By the way, in advance of Sholem's appearance on JM and the AM, uh, folks, for those of you who, who wonder if I prepare for these conversations, uh, one of the things I was going to ask him was why it's called Project Benjamin, because, you know, Binyamin is obviously a biblical name, and there are probably, you know, and I was saying to myself, you know, Binyamin was left in Egypt, maybe, you know, all, all the different things going through my mind. then, of course, I stumbled upon the real reason. The project is named Operation Benjamin. For private Benjamin Garadetsky, a Jewish soldier mistakenly buried under a Latin cross in Normandy, and his case was the first that Operation Benjamin's team uh, led to a successful marker change. So, quite appropriate uh, that he gets that name, uh, that he gets the uh, the distinction Shalom. And frankly, he carries a really important biblical name that I think uh, you know makes it even more significant. So, there you have it. Um, yeah.
14: It's a truly beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, it is. It's 100%. A beautiful thing. Uh, if you want to donate and support the efforts of the organization, there is a donate uh, tab at the top of the page next week. Or, yeah, it's next week, right? When did I leave the United States for Normandy? On Sunday, Monday?
14: We are leaving uh, for France on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, some of us are leaving Wednesday morning early, if you're coming from Israel. Uh, we arrive Wednesday night. Uh, we have Chagrouse in Rouen, France, in a medieval city. Um, great shout out to Rabbi, Rabbi Lubeki of the Chabad there, who's been a spectacular supporter. I would imagine. And then we make our way to um, to Omaha Beach, Point du a few other interesting places, and then on Monday we do our headstone replacement ceremonies.
1: That would be, oh, it's on Memorial Day itself, right? It's on Memorial Day itself, as you pointed on out. Memori- Memorial Day itself. Yep, Memorial Day itself. OperationBenjamin.org, everybody. OperationBenjamin.org, if you want to get involved or just learn more, it is unbelievable. And those of you out there, especially in my generation, which is sort of like the bridge generation between the heroes of World War Two and the uh, kids of today, we really have an obligation to, as Shalom said earlier, to really transmit this message. Uh, of sacrifice um, and of strength that Jew and non-Jew alike um, you know, fought with against the enemy and gave us this opportunity to live in uh, peace and freedom and luxury, uh, whether it's in the United States or many other places on this planet, frankly. And that's something we really, really have to keep in mind. More about this on the website, OperationBenjamin.org. And I'm going to recommend, I don't even know if Shalom and his staff do this, but uh, I would recommend to principals, faculty members, uh, college groups, um, you know, p- people uh, associated with this organization should really uh, be invited to uh, come to your campus, to your facilities, to your organization, and spread the word. It's so, so important. Shalom Lamb. I'm, I'm so thrilled that this is how we reunited with this cause. And I'm so glad that you joined us this morning here at JM in the AM
14: thank you enough. You're as special as they come. I appreciate it. And, uh, the, the one thing I want to extend to you is an invitation to come on our next mission.
1: I appreciate that very much. I really do. I, I can't even, I can't even imagine how incredible it is and how life changing it is. Frankly, uh, stay well, my friend and it happy, is. happy Yom Yerushalayim to you.
14: Thank you. Thank you. Be well. all. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
1: Shalom Lam from Israel today. All of our guests today were in Jerusalem. How amazing is that? Um, and um, again, operationbenjamin.org. What an incredible effort. More coming up. It's Thursday. It's JM and the AM. Bye. Oh, there he is—the one and only Avramo Avram Fried. It's Avramo Avram Fried and Simcha Liner together for our friends at Friendship Circle of Bergen County. Everybody, happening on the 28th of May—that's Sunday night after Shavuos, Sunday night of Memorial Day weekend at Bergen Pack. In Englewood, New Jersey. Information FCconcert.com. FC for Friendship Circle. FCconcert.com. Check it out. and Achim brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. listener sponsored digital radio. Around the World of Web and AchimSiegel.com. AchimSiegel Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. wraps up an amazing Thursday. My thanks to Flora Sannahum the uh, Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem. My thanks to Shalom Lamb, Operation Benjamin. My thanks to Yossi Zablocki as he gets ready for his big Shavuos program up in the Catskills. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. Plenty coming up between uh, all of our great Thursday programming and of course the Ketem presentation of the Arab Shabbat show with Mark Zahmik tonight beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Nahum Segal Network. Have a Fabulous Thursday tomorrow. It's Yom Yerushalayim. Till then, Alchem single reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.